accessing peace. Existing without violence, with the ability to calmly resolve conflict. Downloading love. An overwhelming deep positive affection towards others. Activating liberty. Living your life as you see fit without infringing on the lives of others. Welcome to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio, online at fpradio.com. I am your host, Daryl W. Perry, the Liberty Penguin, the Wombat, the uncut cocaine of libertarianism. And apparently there was something that came out recently that called me a crypto influencer. Uh, I, I don't know if I would use that title for myself, and I don't plan on adding it to the various titles that I give at the beginning of the show or whenever I mention who I am during the show, but still fairly interesting, right? I think so. So welcome back after a couple of weeks to the first show of 2019. Yes, I know there was supposed to have been a show last week, and I do apologize for not getting one out had a medical emergency that came up, not with me, I'm fine. Uh, The person that had the emergency, she's also fine. She's currently relaxing right now. Uh, Some kind of, I I forget if it was a pulled muscle, a pinched nerve, something like that. Uh, Had to go to the walk-in clinic, get checked out, and they said, yeah, you need to rest for a few days and also start some physical therapy. Uh, So I was dealing with that last week, and also last week, and this actually an AMA question. Daryl, are you going to talk about your new cats? Yeah, I'll talk about the new cats. Uh, Last week, me and Jackie, the fiancé, she's the one that had the medical emergency, and she's actually in the other room, listening to me record right now. She'll probably also listen to this later because she subscribes to the podcast feed, which you can do as well. Head over to pll.fppradio.com to subscribe just to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio through the podcast app of your choice. There's also links on the website fppradio.com for Google Play, uh, Spreaker, uh, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, several other uh, methods that you can subscribe to. But last week, Jackie and I, we adopted a pair of cats. I know. I've, I've not had a pet in a really long time. Uh, so it's definitely interesting. And they're great little cats. I, I say little, like they're 10 years old. And they have the greatest names ever. Fannie Mae, and Freddie Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, you know, that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Yeah, that, that's the cat's names. They came with those names. We did not choose those names. But the names definitely helped us uh, lean towards, hey, let's get these cats. Because we wanted an older cat, and Jackie wanted a pair of cats. They were a bonded pair. And Humane Society said, they've got to go as a pair, or they don't go at all. All right, excellent. Let's get the cat. So Freddy is the larger of the two, being a boy cat. You know, obviously boy cats tend to be larger than girl cats, I think. I don't know. I'm not a cat scientist. 
I don't even know if cat scientist is a thing that one could be, but if it is, I'm not one. Uh, but <laughs> but Freddy is a little orange cat, and Fanny is a little uh, like brown tiger stripe cat. They are both so cute. Uh, Fanny, not so sure about us. Like you know, she's not bitten our faces off or like clawed our heads or anything, but she has hissed a couple of times. Uh, so, you know, like, she's still warming up to us. Freddy's like, all right, yeah, you're cool people. Which I've heard that orange cats tend to be friendlier than some other cats. Again, not a cat scientist. I'm not really sure. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're great cats, and me and Jackie have moved back indoors, had been living in the Nautibus, and... You know, I, I've got to say, she's a trooper, um, especially having moved up from Virginia when the weather started getting cold. And yeah, I know when she moved up, it was, you know, like, quote unquote, the middle of fall. But up in New Hampshire, it starts getting kind of cold during the middle of fall. And yeah, she's amazing. And as you probably heard if you listened to the last episode, we're getting married at some point. Not really sure. There's some paperwork stuff that we need to take care of and don't know how long it's going to take to wind up getting all of that. Like, I have the information for here's what we need. We've just not actually gotten it done. Uh, so that gets the ask me anything for this week, or actually, no, I think there was one more question. I'll try to pull it up here in just a second. But if you have questions that you want me to answer, and it can be anything, I did an episode about B-sex a couple of years ago. If you've not heard that, go back in the archives and find it. So I will answer questions about anything. You can send those over using the anonymous, if you want it to be anonymous, contact form on the website ama.fppradio.com. That's AMA, as in Ask Me Anything, ama.fppradio.com. So I found the other question, and it wasn't exactly an Ask Me Anything submitted for the Ask Me Anything but a question, nonetheless, that did come in about one of the other projects that I have going on. And the question was, are you still doing the lobbying? And yes, yes, I am. Legislative session for 2019 in New Hampshire kicked off officially last week. The first committee hearings were earlier this week. And of the bills that I'm tracking, the first one that had a hearing was yesterday, went, had planned to testify on two bills, hearing on one of them went way longer than I expected. By the time the other bill opened up the hearing, I looked at my watch, oh, I've got to go move the car because I'm in a three-hour parking spot. By the time I got out to move the car, yeah, you know what, I'm just not heading back. There's enough people in there. The ACLU's there. They're going to say exactly what I was going to say. Uh, but I do put the audio of my testimony online. You can find out more about the lobbyist efforts over at libertylobby.info. Stay tuned. There's more. 
You can support FPP Radio by shopping online. Whether you're looking for precious metals, bitcoins, or books, you'll find that and more at shop.fppradio.com. Every purchase you make from one of my affiliates, like Namecheap, Spendabit, and Amazon at shop.fppradio.com helps fund FPP Radio. Or you can shop directly from FPP with Bitcoin in the Bitcoin store. That's shop.fppradio.com. The Doublespeak Dictionary by Leslie Star O'Hara satirizes the marked difference between the ideal of we the people and the reality of we the elite, while offering an insightful glimpse into the clockworks of the totalitarian mind. Ever irreverent but never irrelevant, the Doublespeak Dictionary serves as a subversive and humorous but timely reminder that the emperor has no clothes. The Doublespeak Dictionary is available from Amazon.com and all major bookstores. You're listening to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio with Daryl W. Perry. Online at fppradio.com. Welcome back to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio. Online at fppradio.com. I'll jump into, I've got a couple of stories that I want to talk about. Not sure which one I'm going to jump into, but I'll pull one of them up here in just a second. But first, I want to make sure that I tell you about the newest sponsor, Smart Cash. Smart Cash is a peer-to-peer digital currency that's fast, secure, and easy to use. I know a lot of cryptocurrencies say that, right? Well, there are some things that set Smart Cash apart. One of them is the Smart Hive governance model that allows the community to vote on projects. And you're probably thinking, but Daryl, there are other cryptocurrencies that let people vote. You've just got to wind up being a masternode and this and that. Well, no, no, no. Smart Cash makes it easy. They let everybody vote. One smart equals one vote. If you've got 10,000 smart, that's 10,000 votes. And right now with the price hovering about one and a half cents per smart, doesn't take a lot of money to get a good bit of smart. Plus, if you have at least a thousand smart, do the math, a thousand times 1.5 cents, not throwing down a whole lot of money there, right? If you've got a thousand smart and you hold it in a wallet where you control the private keys, you can get smart rewards. Smart rewards incentivize long term holding. And long term holding, is key to the project success. Again, 1,000 smart in a wallet where you control the private keys. So if you've got it in a uh, exchange, you're not getting smart rewards to that wallet in the exchange. And you can't have outgoing transactions during the period where uh, they're calculating whatever. So what they do is Roughly every month, towards the end of the month, they take a snapshot of here are all the wallets that had at least a thousand smart at this time. And then after the set period of time, and it's a number of blocks, it's 47,500 blocks, again, roughly a month later, they start rolling out the smart rewards. And again, smart rewards distributed every month to wallets that have at least a thousand smart, no outgoing transactions, and to a wallet where you control the private keys. You can learn more about all of the various 
features of Smart Cash over at smartcash.cc. That's smartcash.cc. Now, let's jump into, oh, you know what? This is going to be really interesting, or at least I think so, especially considering what I did two days ago. Now, you probably aren't aware of what I did two days ago unless you happen to follow me on some of these social medias. I wound up on the ninth day of January, just around one o'clock in the afternoon, hitting refresh on a screen that I had pulled up because I knew registration opens at one o'clock and I'm told it fills up fast. That would be for the Ghost Train Ultra Marathon. I signed up for 30 hours with a goal of running 100 miles. And yes, I know there's going to be some walking during that time. But I'm still going to attempt the Ghost Train 30-hour ultra with a goal of 100 miles. Runner's World actually wound up doing some research, or rather, they've published uh, the findings of some research about what separates ultra runners, you know, the people that, as the future wife says, you're crazy, with people that prefer to do, say, a 5K or a half marathon. Let's jump into the article, and yes, the link will be in the show notes. You can read it at your leisure. Article begins, we all have our own reasons for why we put in our miles. Running helps us cope with our own personal woes, keeps your heart, mind, and body strong and healthy. It allows us to challenge ourselves, gives our days purpose, and connects us with the larger running community. These motivations push us through workouts and finish lines, whether it's a 5K or an ultra marathon. But do the reasons pushing us differ depending on what distance we run? Researchers from Poland sought to answer just that, and it turns out there are some pretty obvious differences. The study, which was recently published in Psychology Research and Behavior Management, researchers asked 1,539 volunteer Polish runners to complete an online questionnaire about their motivations to run. They divided the motivations into four categories. Psychological, meaning things like life meaning, self-esteem. Achievements, meaning personal goal achievement, competition. Social, affiliation, recognition. So I, I'm part of a club. I'm, I'm part of a team, part of a group. Uh, get to wind up you know, meeting new people at various events, things of that sort. And then there's physical, uh, meaning health orientation, weight loss, things of that sort. The participants rated the importance of each motivation on a seven-point scale. Then, they separated the participants into two groups. Ultra runners, those who had done a 50K or longer, 50K being 31 miles. And yes, I realize it's just a hair over 31, but for the sake of uh, you know, easy conversion between kilometers and miles, 50K is roughly 31 miles. I've done a 50K. I uh, did that as the six-hour ultra that I did 
in November of 2017 that I did a month before my first marathon. Yeah, I did those out of order, right? You're supposed to do a marathon and then an ultra. I did it backwards, but went 32 miles in six hours, eight minutes, and six seconds. So again, they, they broke the people down into ultra runners and those who compete in shorter distances. Now, they don't specify these shorter distances, but again, most runners will, you know, say like 5K, 10K, half marathon would be shorter distances, especially compared to ultras. Now, we'll talk about what the researchers noticed in just a moment when we come back here on Peace, Love, Liberty Radio, online at fpradio.com. In 1999, Daryl W. Perry began a search for traditional values which led him down a path to the ideas of liberty. He tells the story in A Rebel's Journey, My Path to Liberty. Of the book, Dr. Brian Sovereign says, Sometimes it's funny and sometimes I think it's crazy, but it's always authentic. Ask for A Rebel's Journey wherever books are sold or visit arebelsjourney.com. Bitcoin Not Bombs is a launching pad for nonprofits and social entrepreneurs into the financial freedom of the Bitcoin economy. Bitcoin Not Bombs offers premium publicity campaigns designed to facilitate an organization's adoption of Bitcoin as a payment system and to fully capitalize on that decision in their fundraising efforts. Bitcoin Not Bombs is fully committed to being the hub of the nonprofit sector of the Bitcoin economy, maximizing the potential cross-promotion of all our clients and commercial partners. To learn more, visit BitcoinNotBombs.com. Hey, this is Adam from the Yankat Barbershop. You're listening to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio with Daryl W. Perry. Hey, hey. hey, welcome back to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio online at F. PPRadio.com. I am your host, Daryl W. Perry, the Liberty Penguin, the Wombat, the uncut cocaine of libertarianism. And we're talking about why people run. Yes, I, I realize sometimes people run because they're being chased by bears, but we're not talking about that. We're, we're talking about specifically of people that consider themselves to be runners. Why do they run? And there, there were a group of Polish researchers that found 1,539 volunteers to take a questionnaire, and they divided motivations into four categories. Again, psychological, achievement, social, and physical. And then they separated the 1,539 volunteers into two groups, ultra runners and runners who run in shorter distances. Ultra, again, being anything over a 50K. Shorter distances, I'm assuming uh, they mean like 5K, 10K, half marathon. Because, again, if they're doing you know, two groups, then I guess technically marathon would be in the shorter distance as well. Uh, but the researchers noted a significant difference. Shorter distance runners rated psychological coping self-esteem, competition, health, and weight concerns as larger motivators than their ultra-runner colleagues. The ultra-running group was driven more by qualitative motivations like life meaning and affiliation. Lead study author 
Zbigniew Waskiewicz probably did not pronounce that correctly. Uh, he told Runner's World, for ultra runners, personal records, traveling and racing with friends is more valuable than competing with other athletes. Finding a like-minded group also feeds their need for affiliation. You said the sense of belonging to a specific society, and we all know that ultra runners are absolutely specific, gives you the feeling of being original and extraordinary. And when you practice and compete in a group, it helps impart the power to overcome obstacles that would be impossible to conquer individually. The researchers also analyzed how the number of races a runner competed affected their motivation. They found the more races a runner completed, whether they raced in ultras or in shorter distances, the less motivated they were by personal goal achievements. That doesn't mean they didn't strive for certain goals or finishes, but they rated other factors as stronger drivers. Looking specifically at the ultra runners, the more ultra marathons they finished, the less driven they were by external factors like competition and recognition. The study author, and yes, I know he has a name. I'm not going to try pronouncing it again. Uh, they, they do mention the name here, but again, the study author believes this speaks to the experience of ultra running versus traditional running. While most runners can fit training and racing into their weekly schedules without too much difficulty, ultra running requires a total commitment to logging many, many miles a day on top of work and other commitments, while also fueling, sleeping, resting, and recovering properly to avoid injury. The author says, quote, ultra running is a specific style of living and competition. There's no place for temporary preparations just for one race, such as a half marathon or even a full marathon. If you want to perform well in ultra running events, you have to dedicate to specific style of living and continue it for many years. When your whole life is centered around ultra running, the competition doesn't stop at the finish line, but is ongoing every day. In the end, the ultra marathon is a test of the runner's own mental and physical endurance. It's not about who can beat whom. And as far as recognition goes, ultra running is still a relatively niche sport, and few outside of the running community know the names of elite ultra runners. So it makes sense that ultra athletes aren't in it for the fame. The change in motivation also may have to do in part to the age difference in both groups. The ultra runners tended to be older than the traditional distance runners. I'll say that again because it sort of defies logic, right? The people that run ultra marathons tend to be older than the people that run 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, or even full marathons. The younger runners, the study here, or the study author says, naturally seek more competitive races to test their abilities and limits, while older athletes try to develop their own plans and philosophy of performance independent from external conditions, such as winning awards. Now, I will say that when, when not if, but when I cross the finish line of Ghost Train, 
having completed 100 miles, the Golden Railroad spike is going to be kind of nice to hold on to. I, I realize that, you know, it serves no practical purpose. Like some of the ultras, you finish the 100 miles, you get a belt buckle. Serves a purpose, right? Like you, you use it as a belt buckle. What do you do with a Golden Railroad spike? Well, you hang it on the wall in your office, if you have an office. You, you set it on a desk to remind you, like, yeah, I did the thing. But again, it's not, you know, fame and glory, but it's pushing your own limits. Like, what are you capable of doing? Are you inside your comfort zone or are you outside the comfort zone? And I think too many people spend too much time inside the comfort zone. Stay tuned. There's more. Are you a cryptocurrency advocate? The Crypto Tip is the ideal outreach tool to help new people discover cryptocurrency. It's a printable business card-sized tip that you can give to service providers, preferably in addition to a good cash tip. When the server scans the QR code, it'll bring up an explanation of cryptocurrency, how to install a wallet, and allow them to claim the tip. If they don't claim the crypto, you get your tip refunded to you after a time period you specify. Plus, if they do claim the tip, you get an email alert. Create as many tips as you want at CryptoTip.org. That's CryptoTip.org. When you hear the word lobbyist, you probably think about greedy corporations, but not all lobbyists are the same. Some are fighting for the freedoms you hold dear. Liberty Lobby LLC is doing just that in New Hampshire, working hard to represent you, not some special interest group. You can help by going to libertylobby.info, where your contribution will give us the tools we need to ensure that your voice is heard. Visit libertylobby.info today to find out more. You're listening to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio with Daryl W. Perry, online at fppradio.com. Welcome back to Peace, Love, Liberty Radio, online at fppradio.com. There's a little bit more to the article, and I'll jump into it here in just a second. But first, I want to make sure that I tell you about Spend a Bit. What is Spendabit? Well, Spendabit is the search engine for things you can buy with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Spendabit has aggregated millions of products. Last time I looked, it was well over 3 million. It's probably close to or at 4 million. Now, it's been a while since I've looked, but you can take a look for yourself. Spendabit.fppradio.com Again, they've aggregated millions of products from thousands of cryptocurrency-enabled merchants. And it's not just Bitcoin. There's other cryptos that people use. There's Smart Cash that was mentioned earlier. There's Horizon. There's Bitcoin Cash. There's Dash. There's Litecoin. Uh, there's you know literally thousands of cryptocurrencies, only a couple dozen that actually wind up seeming to be used by anyone but spend a bit. Again, it's a search engine for things you can buy with cryptocurrency. Use my affiliate link and keep your money in the free economy. Spend a bit. Spendabit.fppradio.com. And if you're a merchant that accepts cri crypto, ask about their merchant suite to reach even more customers. Spendabit.fppradio.com. That's spend a bit. All one word. Spendabit.fppradio.com. Com. So jumping back into this article, 
And yes, the link will be in the show notes. Jumping back in, they again say that the ultra marathon runners tended to be older than traditional distance runners. They say, again, uh, it's less to do about winning awards and more about the philosophy of performance. Plus, it has to do with the transition to running ultras as well. Most ultra runners don't dive right into races beyond the marathon distance. Rather, they first train for a half, then a full marathon, and then work into the distance over time. During the transition into ultra running, perhaps running became not a means to an end, but an end to itself. An activity that provided their lives with purpose and a community in which they thrived. The author of this study said, When you've trained for 20 years and participated in 40 or more marathons, you seek something different. For ultra runners, living happily and being directed and motivated by valued life goals are more important than sports success and temporary happiness. I'll be back next week answering your questions. Send those over ama.fppradio.com. The podcasts of FPP Radio are licensed under Copy Heart. We believe that copying is a form of flattery and do not abide by the copyright laws. Those laws serve to restrict the flow of ideas which no one can really own. Copying is an act of love. Love is not subject to law. If you enjoy the show, consider joining the fans program and get perks like ad-free versions of Peace, Love, Liberty Radio and FPP Radio News. To learn more or to join the fans program, visit fans.fppradio.com. Come.